Welcome back. This week on the podcast, I talk with Ryan Dewey. Ryan is the founder of two health and wellness companies, Plunge and Capital Floats. Before we get into the conversation with Ryan, if you haven't tried Rebel Rabbit Seltzers, you've got to try them. They are on a mission to create better balance in life. They're on a mission to create a more alcohol-free social environment. If you're looking to cut back on alcohol, or if you're just looking for a healthier alternative, Rebel Rabbit Seltzers could be for you. They are cannabis-infused seltzers. They are really leading the way with their alcohol-free cannabis-infused seltzers, and they can be shipped all over the U.S. Um, They also have a great online store at drinkrebelrabbit.com. Their link is in the show notes. If you use promo code LIFE20, you will get 20% off your order. But again, they are trying to lead the way in cutting back on alcohol or just a smarter and healthier way to socialize. It doesn't come with any of the negative effects like alcohol, like hangovers. You're going to be able to get good sleep. You're going to be able to be productive in the days following. So go to drinkrebelrabbit.com. You can either find the closest retailer to you or restaurant, or you can go to the link at our show notes and use promo code LIFE20. You'll get 20% off your order. So Ryan Dewey, he was born in Northern California and raised there. He graduated school, spent some time overseas, and in his early 20s, he had a head-on motorcycle accident in Thailand. And from that accident, it has led him to more self-inquiry, leading him to all over the world, into the jungles of the Amazon. And it has led him to create two health and wellness companies, like I said at the beginning, Plunge and Capital Floats. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with Ryan. He is on a mission to make plunging him and his partner, Michael, um, just as common as coffee. There's so many health benefits to it. I am a user myself. I love it. Um, me and my wife have been getting in the plunge every morning. So I can't wait for y'all to listen to the conversation with Ryan. Um, if, uh, if you haven't already, you've got to check out Engineered Sleep. Engineered Sleep is a local mattress manufacturer here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, their customer service, their team, their products are second to none. And just like Rebel Rabbit Seltzers, if you're looking for a healthier better way to sleep and live. Um, You got to sleep on an engineered sleep mattress. Their website is engineeredsleep.com. If you use the promo code live 15, you will get 15% off your order, but just reach out to them. You can call them, go to their website, visit their showroom here in Greenville, South Carolina, mention the podcast. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the link in the show notes. You'll get 15% off your order. But most importantly, you're going to get an incredible product. You're going to start sleeping better and being more productive in the days following. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Ryan Dewey. Ryan, good morning to you because you're in California, afternoon here in South Carolina, man. But first off, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing great, man. I uh, just getting my day started, like you said, morning out here. Uh, I'm always curious. It, it, it's interesting starting a podcast because I just started my podcast and I'm always curious how people open. And so that's like always my most challenging. So I liked that. You just went right in. How are me? How, yeah, how am I doing? So. I like, uh, you know, I, I battled that for a little bit too, like trying to figure out how to dive into the topic or dive into like the person or, or the topic that we're going to be getting into. And I think a good one is just like to check in on the person, like, what's up? How you doing? Yep. Yep. What, uh, no, I'm feeling, 
feeling good, man. Got a yoga class in this morning. Oh, nice. Feeling great. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Do you do heated yoga? Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's you know, it's probably it's low hundreds in the room, so it's definitely warm, That's but not hot. over the top. It's not Bikram one hundred eight, one ten. Um, it's just warm and it's actually perfect. You come in six a.m. You, you know, it's almost like a cozy little room, little womb mm-hmm. you get to go into. Warms the body up, so it's great. I've been getting into. I'm almost addicted to it. Is like this heated workout class. Where it's mm. burpees and jump squats and low weights and high reps and it's heated and you just sweat a shit ton. And I love it. So have you have you ever done a workout class heated? No, is it like a hit style workout? Yeah, it is. Like you guys just go in like forty five minute style, like forty five minutes intervals, the teachers running you through lunges, jump squats, burpees, curls, all that sort of stuff. I I started doing this like it's I think title boxing has it. Nine rounds has it. There's a local one we have here. It's called hero journey, but similar thing. It's boxing in a high intensity class style, similar to that, but, um, it's the most efficient. You just get in, get out, get that sweat on and don't have to think too much. Just get into the body. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so in the last couple, I would say months and probably years now, the past few years, cold immersion, cold therapy, has like, I've been seeing it everywhere. And I've always, I haven't loved cold therapy, but I've played a lot of sports growing up and, you know, we would take ice baths for recovery. And, you know, I mean, nobody really enjoys it at first, but you know, there are benefits there. And I'm excited to dive into the plunge company you you and your friend started, but I want to know how this accident in Thailand mm. that you call like the you know, biggest gift of your life somehow with a head on accident led you into the health and fitness space. Yeah, it was, it was you nailed it. The greatest gift of my life 10 years ago. Um, it was right over 10 years. So it was the right before New Year's of 2012. I was out on a trip with my closest friend out in Thailand. Uh, just one of those life events hit head on a collision in a motorbike and life changed super quick was in a good place in life. It wasn't like I was on some bad path in life. I was really happy with my job, my career, who I was. It was just an accelerant of getting me focused into what I actually wanted in life. Like things that I maybe pushed out, you know, I was in my late twenties, uh, mid to mid to late twenties kind of life still seemed like there was so much time left and I could do different things down the road. Like I can kind of kick the can a little, um, and having that experience, I was out in the hospital about three weeks, um, out there had uh, major surgery on jaw. And, um, that was the main, main incident was I broke my jaw in two and then had a really bad kind of like concussion. Um, didn't end up having like super any like major long-term like brain issues, but, uh, you know, it just, it, it woke me up in those, that moment of like, dude, what do you want to do? Um, like laying in a hospital bed for three weeks when I'm not, I can't eat or drink. I was just on an IV. And you're in Couldn't Thailand? Talk. Yeah, I was in Thailand. Koh Samui was the island. The accident happened on Koh Yang, And then they speedboated me that night over on an island Dang. to the next island over where they actually had like a clinic that I could uh, go into and they could do the surgery. Um, yeah, just laying there like, dude, what do you you got a shot. Like, let's go. Like, what do you want to do with this life? And like you said, the greatest gift, like I, that night, it was a very unique thing that I, I embraced the accident like ASAP. Like as soon as I had coherence and I could actually understand, like I was out of it for about 45 minutes, like, like, you know, blacked out, don't have memory of it. Still don't. 
but coming back the moment I was like, okay, this happened. You got a long road ahead of you. I could just feel it. But I was like, I am going to make this like a, a pinnacle moment in my life. And I want to make this. And I'm grateful. I like, for some reason, I don't think it was like my mind chose that something deeper inside of me, like just flung into that. And I remember telling my best bud that night, like I needed this, you know, he was looking at me like I was insane <laughs> as I'm going in and out of consciousness. And, you know, it, it yeah, it just, it's led on to just a very special path. And I think when we're all kind of in, we're kind of really going down that journey in our life where we feel really aligned to like the synchronicities start happening. The things start showing up mm -hmm. where we can see, at least for myself, this was very present at this time where I could like things were happening, like a perfect timing where it was like, I, you know, just how I, the next steps that I took coming back from that accident to the United States, recovering with my job, I had really wanted to go. There were a number of things that I wanted to go do and life presented itself like, and it, it and it happened so perfectly. Uh, and it, yeah, it led on this 10 year journey that I say that was like a very clear delineation in my life when, um, went towards this path of entrepreneurship and, health and wellness. And um, yeah, it's, it's wild to think back on those 10 years. Were you working with the earthquakes at that time? Yeah. So I was in major league soccer, was super passionate about soccer, grew up playing the sport um, and worked at the quakes in the front office there. It was like very fun, almost startup vibe, you know, MLS, mm -hmm. this is back in the late, like 2012. So MLS was just it had gone through its contraction about five years earlier and now it started to grow and there was like excitement. Like the MLS is not going, it's not leaving. And there was more investment coming in, new teams were entering the league. So it was super fun. Like I loved it. I I was like, felt like I was a part of something. And that, the accident kind of, even though I didn't leave that job for at least another year and a half, almost two years, actually almost two years. Um, there were a lot of things happening over that two years to get me ready to leave. Um, but yeah, the Quakes was, uh, you know, I really look at that time as like a very, it's like a big career development for me. Got to wear a lot of hats. I mean, I'm sure everyone like that works in kind of that startup culture. The the pro of that is you get to do things that aren't just in a singular job description. Mm -hmm. You get to, you get, you get tasked with things that are maybe a little above your pay grade or like a little more responsibility than maybe my, my experience would lend on. So that was uh, really grateful for that and really connected, you know, still friends with the president there. Um, he was a big mentor to me. Uh, great place for for development with the Quakes. Were you doing things, and I'm sure you just said you grew up playing soccer, so you've probably been active for a long time, but were you actively like looking for recovery things or better ways to like go about your health and fitness? Short answer is no, not to the level where life is at now. Mm -hmm. And I also think the world was very different 10 years ago. I was seeking things that were more kind of interesting. And I like to be, I mean, I was mid twenties, more kind of on the, on the mind development, looking at that as opposed to the total physical, I was into like working out and hit workouts and, you know, played a lot of soccer and, and, you know, I was doing some yoga, some stuff like that, but it wasn't like as intentional as I say, mm -hmm. I am now, and I think more that the world is in now, especially in the health and wellness space. Um, I mean, after that accident was what got me into float tanks. So I would say that was my start to um, kind of exploring alternative recovery methods and, you know, going deeper with the mind and, and mind-body connection. 
And so the float tank was what led me into that was from the accident itself and needed to kind of heal the body. And as well as, you know, I wanted to go on a journey down to Peru um, into the, into the Amazon to actually work with ayahuasca. And so I, I really wanted to get my, okay, what is this journey? Like, how do you prep for that? You know, this is again, 20, this beginning of 2013, no one I knew that had really done it except mm-hmm. someone I had people I've heard on a podcast. And so I was, you know, the float tank was a, a, a really special place to, um, start to connect with myself and just real, I mean, truly, figuratively and literally like block out the noise, mm-hmm. you know, it's like going in and I, and I always say that too. I mean, since then I, I, my first company I started was Capital Floats, the float facility, uh, float spa. And I do think float tanks are one of the ultimate, like sh- it's a starting point for so many people. It's like the place that a lot of people just end up. And I kind of, I kind of felt like it too. Like, I'm just like, I'm here and I need to be here, but I don't quite know why, mm-hmm. but this seems like the most, the quickest route to go in to start this journey. And I see so many people come into Capital Float still to this day where it's like, okay, I'm here. I just feel the need to be getting in this float tank. And then their life gets really interesting from that six to 12 months after. And I get to- that was exactly how my, my journey went. Even floating though, like it's not the most common technique for recovery. You know, like I feel like I floated a couple of times. I think I started in 2017, 2018. And that was like, and you were like five, six years before that. Was there, what, how'd you get introduced to floating? I, it was my friend that had done it. Uh, my friend that was actually in Thailand with me. He had floated. I remember his, him explaining it to me the first time. And I was like, what the hell mm-hmm. is this? Like it's, he did the worst job ever explaining this. Like I, I was just like, what? And then, yeah. And then. I don't even know quite where it happened. Maybe Joe Rogan was starting to talk about it at that time. You know, he was big, big into it. One of the biggest spokespeople of it. And I don't even know the next little breadcrumb that came from there, but I know I had learned of it through my buddy Blake and then it kind of introduced myself. And then I was like, okay, what is the most like, where, where can I go to just be alone and spend time with myself? I didn't really have meditation practice. A lot of the, metaphysical stuff felt a little abstract to me. Um, and so the float tank was this place that I thought was like, I also thought it was really interesting. I have this like identity feature to myself where I I like to be, I want to be interesting. I want to bring value into like some sort of interesting thing. And at the time float tank in my circle was like a very, either no one had really heard of it or the couple that it had, it was like, that's weird. And that pulled me into it. I kind of like going into the thing when I hear weirdness, it's like, okay, I'm going to go towards that. And I think that was a major factor. But then very quickly when I was in the float spa lobby, it was, you realize, I just realized it's not that weird. And I think that's most things in life. You know, we, we, we label it weird and then we get into it. And it's like, this isn't that weird. Yeah, like it, it becomes it very normal. It's like this like crazy radical, like, you know, weird thing. And then you get in there like, man, this isn't too bad. It's not. And the people doing it weren't that weird. Like I was like, oh, I walk by these people. This was in San Francisco. I was like, I walk by these people all the time and I would have never batted an eye at them. But now I'm in this weird facility and they're just coming out from their float, looking refreshed, revitalized, calm. Um, And that's when I, you know, was really kind of reframed a few things for me. Like, what do you think's weird? Like how many things are you leaving on the table that are weird? 
and that you could just go in. It's not that. And it was exciting to be like from a business standpoint, very early on the float, I was like, oh, like normal people actually will do this. When I say normal, it wasn't like the most abstract thing. Like these were people that just lawyers, moms, you know, construction worker, like whatever you name the name, the job, they were doing it. So that got me excited into starting out. I loved floating. I knew what it could do for people. And it was like, oh, I think, I think everyday people want to do this. They just don't know about it. Yeah, for real. They just need to be educated or brought up to speed on it. Was the idea for Capital Flight Floats before or after the ayahuasca journey trip? The the concept of starting a float center was before. And it was while I was floating, it was like a very clear, you know, I call it the whisper that came in. Like I was just sitting there and it was like, oh, I want to be in this in this facility all the time. And it was like, well, then go create it. Like, and I don't know what it was maybe just a thought or whatever, but it was very clear. And why I, why I speak of that is I never viewed myself as an entrepreneur or someone that would go start a company. Um, it, it never was in my, maybe I had some characteristics of it. Don't know, but never thought like, I'm going to start my own company someday. It was like in that moment was like, oh, you could start this. Like, why not you? It was like that. It was more of that. Why not you? And you know, that thought came, I kept that to myself. I didn't really tell anyone about that for a little while. Um, you know, and then I, I went down to Peru a year later and I thought Peru was going to be, cause I'd been floating that whole year to get ready for Peru and go and have this, you know, very transformative time in my life. And, but going down, I thought I was going to go down. It was going to be like, okay, this is, you're going to quit your job and you're going to start the float center. And, you know, it just didn't happen. It was very the opposite. It was like, you need to you're not quitting your job and we have a lot of other shit to work through. Like that's not, that's the farthest from our concern right now. (laughs) Like that's already taken care of. We'll deal with that later. And, and so, um, you know, floating capital floats, the actual name of the company and the, the, the business plan and the, the vision behind it didn't really come till after Peru. Um, which was about one year after Peru was when I like really quit my job left and, and started the process of opening that, that first facility. Was that how how uh, how active would I say you've been like with psychedelics before the ayahuasca trip? I limited, very curious. Couple mushroom trips, yeah. um, you know, but nothing that had like fully. Not not the like, kind of full surrender to the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I'm also grateful, like how it played out for me, like going down to Peru. It was just like, I, I committed a, a full year of my life to just be present towards that process, putting my like ultimate intention into it. Like, you know, I was single didn't have a family. It was just like, this is it. Like you're going in and I'm giving my, like what comes is what comes. And I just want to get to know myself more. And it was radical. It was, you know, a, a coming out of that jungle was true. How long were you there? <laughs> What's that? How long were you there? I was there the first time. Um, it's like a two week journey, but it was like seven ceremonies over two weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, um, you know, I remember going down and again, this is 2012, 2013. And so, you know, psychedelics, totally different place. It is now. Totally than different. Then. And I mean... You know, it was like, obviously I didn't tell anyone at my work. Um, I didn't even tell my mom, my dad, I told at the end. 
had friends that kind of really questioned me and like, like fearful for me. Um, you know, what, what am I doing? You know, there was like, it was a thing where it was like kind of in the closet with psychedelic use. And I had my core, like my close, close friends that like were really supportive. Um, and yeah, I remember going down and <laughs> I remember the first, I remember the, the, the se- second, first ceremony, they're kind of getting me ready. And the second ceremony I, I go in, I've never really like told this to the public, but I, I just want to like still to this day, one of the most radical intense, I won't get into it, but just say like it was deep extraterrestrial sure. and question made me question everything and i came out of it like oh no like what have you done like it was like what are where are you at like you don't know what you've opened up and i scared the shit out of me it was i needed to leave like it was like whoa like it put me to my edge like almost over the edge and it didn't it and i it ended up pulling me back in and you know i think ayahuasca is an incredible intelligence that can work in so many unique ways with the individual However, it was, I remember going down and being like, oh, I can't believe you really didn't tell anyone that you're here in the jungle. <laughs> and like, like you're just here doing this thing that you really don't know much about. Like, you know, it was like, you just have trust that this is going to be beneficial for you. And, you know, I think that's, I, I think that's how I play my life a lot of ways is like, once I'm like, I trust something, I just going to lean into it. Mm-hmm. And what comes is what comes and I'll, I'll adapt and I'll, I'll survive and, and be resilient within it. And so I'm, I'm grateful for it. But that was definitely the case when I first went down to Peru. It was, you know, my first few days there, I was I was trying to figure out how to get out of there. Like, holy hell. I stuck around and, and, you know, went through it. Well, like you said, man, like in today's world, it's almost it's commonplace now to like hear somebody on the street talking about psychedelics or if they're going to go use it for their mental health or if they're going to find like a ketamine clinic to do something mm-hmm. similar, maybe their friends are going to go on an ayahuasca trip together. Like that is so different than I feel like it was in 2012 or so. This kickstarts your entrepreneurial spirit. So you're back, you quit your job or whatnot, and you start Capital Floats. Like what was that like building Capital Floats like at the beginning? It was, I still think it to this day was the hardest thing that I've done, especially from like an entrepreneurship standpoint. Um, you know, I was... I was just confident enough to go make the move, but naive, like extremely naive to what I was getting into. And thankfully, I think if I actually knew what I was going to go through, I wouldn't have done it. Um, but really grateful that I have. It's a real weird paradox. Um, yeah, I quit my job, moved, moved to Sacramento. That's where I'd grown up in that region. Didn't really think I would ever be back into Sacramento, but was back there. Um, there wasn't a float center in the region that big market, no float center there. So I was like, cool, there's an opportunity. And I have like a network, like I have probably my most established, you know, childhood network and some people that I know up there, I had to go raise some money. I didn't really have, you know, I worked in major league soccer. It wasn't like I was rolling, rolling big with money. And so I had to raise the money to do it. A float center is a very big capital upfront expense. It's a very, you know, the equipment building out the rooms for salt. It's a very specialized build out. And, uh, so, you know, I moved back to Sacramento, did the business plan and ended up raising some money, got some kind of a friend, family and friends round, uh, more of a friends around that I was able to start pulling some people in. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just completely underfunded. Uh, didn't know what I was doing. 
got into construction, which is probably anyone that knows me is like, I'm the most unhandy. Like, it's not even that I'm unhandy. It's like that world just makes me, there's things that make us cringe. Like I, I am the most uncomfortable in that space. And we did it. We, I just had subcontractors. So I was more or less the general contractor of the project, had no clue what I was getting into, uh, but got it over the finish line. I mean, long story short, got over the finish line, but I think I had never, my body was going into shutdown mode. Like I was definitely super unhealthy, neck and back were going out all the time, um, had no money, like literally, you know, I'd go lift drive for 16 hours in SF and then drive back and get on the, get back into our, get the contractors when they're showing up, be there for them all day. And then I go try and get 12 hours in and just, you know, it was, it was a very, um, very chaotic time of my life. And once it got open, it was one of like the greatest exhales of my life. And one of the greatest feelings, like I remember even the opening day we got open and I couldn't even sit for our first customers coming in. I had my girlfriend at the time, she sat at the front desk and I I couldn't even face them. Like I was so like, what if they don't like this? What Mm -hmm. if I didn't do it right? What if like, it's, I I literally have put my, like, I felt like I was going to die. Like if this would have gone on another two weeks to a month, I, I I don't know what would have happened. You know, it was deep. Like I was there were suicidal thoughts towards the end there, which is crazy. I'm opening a place of tranquility and I'm yeah. questioning, you know, I'd never had that before. Anyways, getting open, it was like, remember, I couldn't even face the people coming in and we, you know, booked out our first day solid, never even, didn't even have, do any marketing. Like it was just the community to show, it was like, oh, people want this and people are open to this. And you know, it's like another, I consider the float centers are like, they're like community centers because they draw in a unique crowd. It's like, that's who I want to be around. And that's not always who we have in our everyday life. But it's like, if I can get into that community and kind of, I can get around like-minded, open-minded people. Um, and I think that's what Capital Floats has done really, really well. Is that first location still open? Yeah, we're still open. We opened in, uh, uh, is that twenty. 16, February of 2016. And now we have our second location up in Auburn. And yeah, so it's, it's a good making an impact in the region. And, and uh, I'm not involved too much with the company anymore, just kind of on some high level stuff. Haley, my business partner, she's taken over. She, she's a real cool success story out of the company. She was like entry level, worked her way up. Cool. Fundraised on the second center is the majority owner on the second center running that. Now she runs the both organizations. So, um, so yeah, but I, I've, I've really stepped back from that, that facility. Well, so the capital float, the float industry, you know, COVID hits and yeah. in California, I'm guessing people couldn't come to the centers. They couldn't come float. So what did, what, what was your mental health and your life like when COVID hits and people can't show up? It was crazy. I went to, I flew to Kauai the week of March. What day did the NBA shut down? March 12th? Oh, dude, it's like, yeah, March 12th. I was in freaking Puerto Rico. I remember being like, NBA shut down. What the hell? Exactly. So I, I get on the plane and I'd started to see like COVID was the conversation, but it was like, what is this? Business, I started to notice having a bit of an impact. So I'm monitoring it. I'm kind of, I remember working on it all on the plane over on some sheets and spreadsheets and Yada, yada. Phones off, no internet. 
I turned the phone back on when I landed in Kauai and it's like, boom, NBA shut down. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, That's what COVID's going to, this is real. Like there, this is, I've never seen something like this. So I go to Kauai, business open to five days later, we shut the business down. So I'm in Kauai messaging all of our members. Hey, we're closing the business. If anyone can stay on, this would be so helpful for our memberships just so we can pay our bills, yada, yada. So you know, that was quite the, the adrenaline of it. I think I'm an adrenaline, I am an adrenaline junkie. So I, there's like, when it originally hits, I get excited. Like even this last, you know, we're filming this on Tuesday. It's like, we just had the whole SVB situation with Mm -hmm. the banking. Like, you know, we, we weren't with SVP, but there were some ripple effects for us. Anyways, I like the adrenaline. I get excited. Like, oh, we got to go solve some problems that are like impactful. That's exactly how capital floats was. So we closed the business down, you know, went to Kauai, come back, business is shut down. Where it was a real big impact was we were opening our second location, Auburn. And we were supposed to open in like April time. That was like the push. And, you know, we ended up not, we pushed it back till June. But that was a major impact on that business for about six to seven months, you know, opening in June, in navigating the California landscape of the Mm -hmm. time, which was, you know, very, very uh, heavy handed with COVID. Um, So we, we shut the business down. Luckily for Sacramento, we were only, we were only down two months. We were able to get back open in May and we navigated it. Um, We had some unique things that we were kind of, we, you know, float float facilities. The beautiful part of it is it's isolation already in place. That's what I say. It's exactly in the plunge with, other people. hundred <laughs> percent. So we were able to, you know, have that natural social distancing that was in place and, and, you know, we navigated it we had the rooms cleaned and handled, especially when the unknown times of what was going on. Um, and then it was just kind of a bumpy, you know, year or so kind of getting back, but yeah, man, it was, uh, I remember before the PPP kicked in was my, you asked about my mental health. That was which I'm, I know I'm not alone. I'm sure everyone listening went through a, a kind of their crisis during that time. And I, for me, it was, it crushed me. You know, I, I broke up with my girlfriend at the time and we were back together and things are great, but there was this window where we broke up um, about a month into COVID business shut down. You know, there's no real clarity from the government of how money's going to work out. Or um, we were actually pre-loan the checking account. My, the bills were still coming in Um I decided to move into an RV to save some money. Like it was my really only income stream at the time. So, you know, it was a, it was crazy to think about all that happened and, you know, got the business to reconsolidate. You know, you just do this extreme audit. I'm sure everyone listening did the same thing with their businesses. You audit everything, you know, so you get leaner, you get tighter, you get stronger, you come out the other side better, you know, relationship stronger than it ever, you know, had been. We kind of went through that. The RV just caused this clearing. I got out of the house that I had been in for five years. It was just time for a change. And I didn't even realize it. And, you know, sold all my stuff and, and went through this journey. And, um, you know, which opened up in reality, opened up to Plunge. Yeah. Plunge launched September of 2020. And, you know, that that story is completely tied in to COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mike, my co-founder, he, he moved we met float. So he owns float spas too. So he owns reboot float and cryo in, in, in the Bay area. Um, and so he, he had just moved. We had met very similar stories. You know, if you want to, we have 
very similar in age, similar journeys down to the jungle, open float spas where, you know, there's not many people that are opening float spas. So we connected through that. I walked into his business when he first opened, he opened about a year before mine. And I was just like, Hey, I really admire you. I respect you. I, I want to be your friend. And we became fast buds and did a lot of, um, became just friends. He was really supportive of me knowing what I was going through over that next year. And he was just a, just a calm presence to kind of bounce some ideas off of. And, and then we ended up doing a project together with maps, uh, the multidisciplinary association. Yeah. I've had one of those guys on, yeah. yeah. And so they, you know, amazing work what they're doing. So we did a big float wide, uh, fundraise for their phase three trials of MDMA assisted psychotherapy. And, uh, that was where we got to work together. It really like, okay, cool. How do we, how does he navigate business? How do I navigate business? And it was just a fun project. We're just, you know, very aligned into like interests in life and, you know, what we find important and, you know, impacts that we want to have. And so I think we had this like very sound respect for each other. Uh, and then, you know, COVID comes along. He's this, I, I really think he's a genius engineer. Uh, he's a product developer. And like before he started a float center, he built a float tank. Like that's just who he is. That's pretty how he works on this. Yeah. It's very unique. And and to be an entrepreneur, like I think he's actually an entrepreneur above all, but he has engineering background and like is a really sound engineer. And so he starts building the, the cold plunge in his garage. And, you know, we got to go back to 2020. Like cold plunge is the rave, right? Like you see it everywhere. There, there It was not everywhere. Mm-hmm. There was like a very, you knew Wim Hof if you were into the space. And you knew Wim Hof and you maybe went once it like, you know, there were probably... I'm sure you were into it. I'm sure a lot of listeners were getting in, but it wasn't like this consistent practice that you just like incorporated into your life. It was more of a one-off experience. Exactly. Yeah. And so Mike had the chest freezer and we just, he was kind of like, this is, it. I remember he just got to work. COVID happened. I was, you know, I just told my story. I was kind of in chaos and he was <laughs> like, I'm going to start prototyping a unit. And I just would go over to his house and see him 3D modeling this whole thing. And he had the bomb built out. And, you know, he's get, he's building these units in his garage and he's kind of pitching me like, hey, do you want to do this together? And it took me about two months to be like, yeah, I'm in because um, I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready to commit. I knew what it took to go build a business. So I wasn't quite there, but I saw him developing the product, which was really cool to see because cool I'm not product, the product yeah. guy. And uh, and so, yeah, we, you know, gave him my word in about August time said, yeah, let's 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 launch this company. Let's do it. And we launched in September, uh, I think like September 12th of 2020 in his garage. We just emailed our, our businesses and said, hey, we're going to build 20 of these. We built a website, grabbed the coldplunge.com, which, um, you know, looking back, we we looked at the, the term cold plunge wasn't, ice bath was way more dominant and cold plunge wasn't a term. Like it, nowadays it's so obvious, but back then we were like cold plunge, like that's what we call it, but it doesn't seem like no one's owning this on the internet. And so we were like, coldplunge.com was taken. Thecoldplunge.com was available. So we were like, cool, let's let's just buy that and grab it. Well, what that did was it accelerated our ranking on Google. So we were a first page ranking on Google in like six weeks. So we're in his garage, you know, building these units, hand delivering around Northern California. I think we we had sold, you know, 15 to 20 over the first two months. Um you know, building them. And then we just drive to SF to someone's house or drive to Sacramento and drop them off in his van and set it up. But by then we're starting to get phone calls around the country, you know, people like, oh, I'm in Florida. I just saw, did you guys just like, 
how long have you guys been a business? I've been looking for years and I just found yeah. a company like, you know, and these people are like copping in and I'm here cutting PVC pipe and Mike's gluing something together and I'm on a phone call taking the, taking the order or, you know, we have no CRM or anything. I'm just like taking a notepad, like, yep, yep. And putting the order into Shopify when we'd get it. And so it just started to kind of, uh, it, it just grew. Like there was no, you know, I would say still we're playing catch up to what our business is and to how we need to hire correctly. This is two and a half years into the into the journey. And it's just been a, a, an extreme product market fit, like from early on. There was no, you know, we didn't, the products improved a ton. Did we launch with the perfect product? Absolutely not. Um, were we committed to making it right with every customer if there was an issue? Absolutely. But, you know, if we would have waited, I think there would have been, you know, they always say like, if you're proud of your first pro first, first unit, then you waited too long. And, you know, I think that's, that's how we, we just moved quick. Um, and, you know, it's been a rocket ship into just, it, you know, our company's grown a lot, but I think coal plunging in general, it's like, it you has. know, you, you, there's timing that's outside of our control that we just, we entered in at the, at that right moment, you know, and we kind of were questioning like, man, are we, why hasn't anyone done this yeah. into the level that we're trying to do it? Like, this is, you know, we were kind of told like, it's not, you know, and you get before it's, before it's right. People are, a lot of people are kind of giving you all the reasons why it's not going to work. So we got a lot of that, but we <laughs> just kind of like, just kind of went with it and it's, it's worked out, man. It's been, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. The team and the people at engineered sleep are offering you 15% off. If you use promo code live 15, to get a new mattress. And I cannot tell you enough how much trust I have in the team at Engineered Sleep and the product they will provide to you if you have any questions about your current mattress. If you're getting bad sleep and you think it might be your mattress, it's time to upgrade your mattress. And the team at Engineered Sleep is here to do that for you. Use promo code LIVE15. You'll get 10% off your order. But most importantly, you're going to be working with an amazing company. You're going to have an amazing product. And you're going to start sleeping better at night and you'll start performing better on a daily basis so go to engineeredsleep.com use promo code live 15 get 15 percent off your order and start sleeping better and performing better on a daily basis what are some of the benefits of actually getting in the cold plunge because people will ask me all the time like what are the benefits like i know i used to take you know ice baths right like when I was playing sports and it was for recovery and I'll start listing off these benefits. I'm like, man, it's good for your sleep. It's good for your stress. It's good for your anxiety. It's good for your recovery. Like it's good for your dopamine, like all this sort of stuff, but I don't really know why, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, first I'm not, not a doctor. So I, I leaned, I would, you know, anyone that has a deeper curiosity, I'll tell you right now, go check out Dr. Susanna Soyberg or Dr. Andrew Huberman. Like they're going to, they, the, they have pods and content that is like very uh, digestible. But anyways, like why, like what are the benefits? You, I mean, you nailed them. It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a lot larger list than maybe we all grew up thinking it was, which was more of a, this is a workout recovery tool, mm -hmm, Exactly. Uh, which, which I would say is if we're going to list 10, that's number eight. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it works, but it's not even, I would say the coolest, what makes this interesting. Um, I think to, for me, I'll start with me. It's, it's energy and, and mood enhancement. It is a non-negotiable first thing that I do in the morning. And 
it is the uh you know greatest roi on my time two to three minutes i get in there it's like clockwork it's not questionable if i'm going to get out and feel good i will feel good and i know for a fact that i'll feel good um you know heberman does talk about this consistent plunging and whatever consistent plunging is whether that's a you know trying to get in 11 to 15 minutes a week um you know anywhere finding that right temperature it could vary but you know it, it could be in the 50s you know it doesn't have to be 39 degrees getting in but finding some level of consistency will raise baseline dopamine level Dopamine is the precursor for focus, motivation, drive. Like these are things that are, are, are very important. So it's like you see it's momentum. That's what I like to call it. Like get, cold plunging consistently will create momentum. And it's not just kind of some abstract idea. It's like, no, literally it gives you more dopamine, which dopamine is the driver to those things. Um, so that, that to me is for just who I am. And like, I can be a little sluggish in the mornings. So Definitely cold plunging is, is kind of that accelerant for me. Um, we see it a lot and in, in it goes into this, which is kind of in this dopamine side to thing. Um, but the mental health side, you know, anxiety, um, people that are using it actually as an anxiety medication, um, as opposed to, um, taking Prozac or, or somebody, you know, we, we did a recent feature with a woman that was doing that. Now she plunges every morning and days that are a little, a little more challenging. She's twice a day and it, she's mm-hmm. like, it's almost a, a, a diagnosis that she has and she has her, has her treatment for that. And that's been, that's probably been like the most constant that thing that we see from our customers um, of just the impact on their like relationship to life, which just how their mood, their, their general, um, their general like connection to life. However, that shows up. The other factors that come in, I mean, there are, uh, I think metabolism is a really interesting one that's come out. Um, and Dr. Susanna Soyberg kind of been on the forefront of demonstrating this in a study, but basically showing, you know, our bodies, we, we consist of two types of fat, which, you know, I think most, at least for me, it was, we have one type of fat. It's white, 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 you know, it's one singular fat. That's a fat that I don't want, um, you know, on my body. And that's the, there's two types. There's the white fat and the brown fat and brown fat is more energy production. That's actually going to, um, you know, white fat is energy storage. So that's when it stores around our body. Well, brown fat actually limits the white fat onto our body. Well, cold water, especially activated, we tend to carry our brown fat like in our upper neck area, shoulders, chest area. So when you, you get cold, that's an area that you really want to be getting cold. That will activate the brown fat, which in turn, that, that speeds up your metabolism. Easiest way to easiest way to describe it. Really cool study that she did out in Denmark demonstrating that with people showing their, uh, I think you can find it in uh, either, I think nature.com was the one that uh, published that. Anyways, um, but the metabolism is a really interesting one. If this is actual treatment for that. Um, we talked about anxiety. The new study just came out. Uh, the Czech army did this and they actually are using cold plunging as anxiety medication for their, uh, for the soldiers in there. And this was done through a study that they found out. And in that study, they found that the male participants actually had a significant reduction in waist size. Um, so that was, you know, is almost this metabolism and anxiety. The other side to it, you know, shown to increase white blood cell count. So that's mm-hmm. immune system, a more resilient immune system. And I think there's just like the bigger... Like you talk about what's it doing. Ultimately, what's happening is you're getting in there and you're getting hit with adrenaline. Like your adrenaline is spiking. You you know it. You get in. That's the whole point. That's why you want to trigger this 
burst of adrenaline and, mm-hmm. and our body adrenaline shows up. It's very hard to trigger authentic adrenaline in our bodies, you know, controlled environment. Usually it shows up with a car swerving at us or someone screaming in our face when we don't expect it. Yeah. When we, we, we can rarely manufacture that when we expect it. Well, that's what's so cool about cold plunging is we get to get, it's like, okay, it's an intentional adrenaline dump. So I'm going to get in there and I'm going to lose my breath and I'm going to want to get out. And that force 45 seconds, it sucks. And that doesn't change. But that's the beautiful part is you actually get to, through a controlled, safe environment, learn to regulate yourself. So what's happening is you, that's what's happening to the body. It's a, it's a, you know, you're, you get that firing of adrenaline and how do I regulate, lower my heart rate in this environment, which we're in control of. And in turn, that's a lever that we get to pull. I mean, Wim Hof has a lot on this and he's the one that really pioneered this, that we actually are in control of the nervous system where before he came along, we were more we were more victim to the nervous, like the nervous system just happened and there was no levers that we could pull. Well, he's shown through deliberate cold exposure and breath work that we are in control of our our nervous system. And there are levers that we can pull to bring that back into, into balance. So I think that's like at the core of it, it is nervous system regulation and getting into the cold. Um, I, I say it and I've, everyone's probably heard it, but I, the cold plunge is, the workout, the gym for your nervous system, mm-hmm. um, you know, go to the gym for our muscles it, and that that's it. And you get it every single time, similar to, you know, you, we know how to work out. We know how to tear our muscles down and get them back stronger. It's a very clear thing that we do through repetitions, through weight training, resistance training. Well, the nervous system is no different. You get in there, you shock it with adrenaline and you learn how to regulate the heart rate and you sit through it. You're great. And, you know, a couple quick tips for anyone listening, like how to, okay, what's the starter, starter kit 101. Yeah. That's my um, next question. <laughs> I, I would go, you know, showers are an option. I, they work. I would say don't put everything onto a shower in the sense the shower is going to kind of like get your mood up. I think that's a big one that you could do. It will shock you. I also think showers are really challenging because the water's constantly pounding on you. So it's really hard to like surrender in and like lower that heart rate in a shower experience. It's a little more, it's a different experience. So it's an option and it it works for some areas, especially for mood elevation um, and getting some adrenaline into your body. But full body cold exposure is really the core of this, where you're getting your all up to your neck into a temperature. Ideally, if you're starting out, I recommend 50 to 55 degrees. Like, you know, if you've never plunged in that and that might sound, oh, it's not that cold. It's cold. It will take cold. your breath away. And, uh, you know, and more, more, just know it's the more challenging it's going to get as more of the water's moving. So if you're in a river or stream and it's 55 degrees, that's going to be a lot colder than just a standard ice bath with stagnant water. Your body will adapt a lot quicker. It's not as challenging. So just know like as you're, it's almost like wind chill. So anyone that's like getting into an environment. So let's just say you're in a ice bath at 50, 50 degrees you know, starting out with two minutes, that's a really good starting point to do it. And you want to get in the the triggers that you want is you want to get, you want to lose your breath for a second. Mm -hmm. That's a good, your body. It's that's, it's, it's the, it's the signal that's happening. It's the, it's the signal that this is, this is now my body has, has acknowledged, registered to this. And now I have to regulate. And then from there, it's about regulating your heart rate, getting yourself down, surrendering into the experience. I think it's interesting. I always, I always think, I always say that I think women do a lot better than men in, in generalization is a very general statement, but women can 
surrender into the men want to fight the experience yeah. a bit more. My and, wife you know, is better at it than me. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, we get so many men that buy it and they're like, my wife said, you know, they're, she thinks it's beautiful. I'm going to get it. And then she becomes this, like, you know, the, the leader into the process. And, and I think it's because men, they, they I'll, I'll grit through this. That's what we do. You know, we, we, which can work for some things, but the cold, that's not sustainable. Like you will, the quicker you can learn to let go into the experience and just fully connect with your body and embrace that. That's when like, the real magic starts to happen. If you're fighting it, you never quite learn to regulate. You never meet the moment. Like actually for cold, it's meeting the moment to, to surrender in, to, to calm the system down. I, I'm not here to, I'm going to fight through this. Yeah, you it's, can't fight the cold. Just breathe. And, 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 and I think that's the, uh, so get it kind of got off topic there, but one-on-one, two minutes, 50 degrees, um, and, and just really trying to get that heart rate down. You know, I like to go, if you can get it down to your inhales being twice as long as your exhales, um, or excuse me, inhales about half as long as your exhales. So do you have a, a consistent breath work when you get in the plunge? I switch. So I, it, it's varied over the years and it always is the beginning. I try and just regulate as quick as possible. And to me, that's like an intense, like you want to get call your intercostals. You want to all the blood starting to go to your vital organs. You will start to notice your blood start, your vessels start to restrict all the blood flows to this central place. That's a natural mechanisms. It's, it's keeping you safe. Well, you want to kind of like warm that region up. So I like to go very intense breaths to start. And I, I just go until I, I feel like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm more in control of this situation now. And that usually it could be 30, 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. And there will be this like kind of regulate down regulation that takes place where you'll notice it like, okay, yeah, I'm in this. Like I'm, yeah. You, it's, it's very common, whether that's 30 seconds for some one minute for another, but you get through that window, you can start going a lot longer and you know, that's, but you really want to push through that region of like, I have to get out of here to, okay, I, I can, I'm in here and I can choose when to get out as opposed to the water forcing me out. So I think that's a really important distinction for people is, is getting through that initial barrier. And so I, I do that, that breath, like an intensity breath. And then there's a moment I'll, sh I'll feel the shift happen. And then I just go into that inhale, exhale process. A couple other things I've worked in over time. I've done like humming. Like I just really get into humming and kind of get that part of my throat. And that's just more of like a vibration that comes through the body. Um, I'll do what we call like a reset breath, which is like two quick inhales through the nose and then like a ah, exhale out of the mouth. And that's like kind of, again, just another level deeper into calming down in the experience. Uh, and then I usually like to end for me, it's like, I'll go through those journeys. And then I just end into like a consistent breath where it's almost like I've hit a meditation mm -hmm. and I feel like I've been in meditation for 20 minutes and I'm now coming out and I, I can, it's that same feeling in my head where I'm just like calm, present. Um, yeah. And that, that's usually the, that's usually done and you can do all that in three minutes. Yeah. What is the actual product? What is the, the, yeah, our, how do you our describe actual... your product? It's a, I mean, easiest term, it's a, it looks like a freestanding 
white acrylic beautiful tub Mm -hmm. um you know and it's a couple reasons for that like we like the like there was intentionality into how it was designed and you know i think tubs bathtubs in general are, are like this for a reason they want to calm you down and you should surrender you know it's like you they're all ours are really slanted ergonomically um which i think is important to like as opposed to being tight you can really lay out and you can you know it's almost like you're laying down so it's like you're in a ergonomic shavasana and you get to you know, surrender into the experience, which is important because then you can start to scan. Where am I tensed up? But like, oh, my neck is tight. Okay, let me relax that a little. Oh, my hips are holding up. Like, my knees are are kind of coming in, and I'm really tight there. So you can you can do the scan into your body and really start to like let breath go through the body in this extreme environment. I'm saying this so calmly. It's like, and you're super so it's, extreme. You, so that that is you know the product itself has that. We have like the swirling water. So you know injection valves on each corner. So it creates this whirlpool environment. So it makes that, you know, you're not going to get that thermal barrier in there. So you're always kind of having to stay connected to the experience. Um, you yeah, know, it and it, the, the water, right? It cleans the water as well. Yep. It's constantly circulating. It's got filtration on the side, you know, ozone injection, uh, you know, a filter that can be easily changed. And it's just there. It's like, a, you know, it's the... You don't have to do anything. It shows up, you fill it up with water, you plug it in. Uh, I change my water about once every six months. Um, change the filter once. I, I'm not the greatest. We definitely, for anyone listening, change your filter once a month. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't. Uh, but yeah, and it's... it's um, And it's good for outdoor in or indoor, right? Yeah, you can put them outdoor, indoor. We have versions that turn into hot tubs. Um, you know, and that's more for a, a practicality of especially like for the indoor outdoor use, mm-hmm. um, you know, you live in, I mean, it sounds like South Carolina is pretty cold right now, it is. but you live in these environments that get freezing and you have the unit outside. You can, you know, as opposed, the concern then is, is the water getting too cold? It's like, I want my water actually warmer. Um, so it can upregulate the temp. You know, if you want to be plunging at 45 and it's 25 degrees out, it can upregulate the temp, make sure your piping doesn't crack and freeze. So that's, that's the core functionality of that unit. Um, yeah. And they're all, they're all single use. Uh, we have different sizes. We have a single size and an XL size kind of depending on, um, your body type and, and how tall you are. How and did, um, how did y'all get on shark tank? <laughs> the shark tank question. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I've waited this long, you know? Yeah. That, dude, that happened, uh, out of the blue. We, they called, they, we got an email. I thought it was a joke. Um, you know, and it was a question, hey, do you want to get, are you guys interested? We're like, yes. We, I hadn't even been thinking about it. We were, we were about 10 months into the business. It was, you know, chaotic. I remember we were at the CrossFit Games. It was our first event we'd ever done, 2021 CrossFit Games. Mike and I took a call in the parking lot. We talked to their team and they're like, yeah, we want you. You're not in it, but we really want you to apply. And so we're like, okay. And then six weeks later, we're down in LA at Sony studios shooting, you know, Robert's getting in the plunge and yeah. shrieking and getting into a, a negotiation standoff with Robert and Cuban. And, and it was, it was a hell of a ride. What is uh what has growth been like for you guys, especially like you said, I mean, even since 2020, the growth and the exposure of cold exposure and plunging has like kind of exploded. Like what's it been like for y'all? We've grown like crazy. I mean, we're, um, 
Yeah. I mean, from a, you know, just a rev standpoint, we, we have, we've grown consistently each year um, and projecting onward. I think one of the key metrics I look at, I mean, the, just the search term cold plunge has just ballooned over the last couple of years. And it, and we're talking a monthly growth now at this point. So that's something I look at where it's just like, our web traffic is going up consistently. It's a, and it's a much more educated customer base now. You know, when we're early on, it was like, it was new. Like no one had really known anyone that was doing it consistently. Mm-hmm. Now there's, um, so from a growth standpoint, it's like the awareness is growing and the uh, awareness within the customer, knowing about the product, knowing the right questions, like understanding this a bit more. It was almost, you know, again, it's like if workout equipment just came out, you know, people are like, okay, how do you quite use this? Now it's like, there's a, a bit more of an established place for it. And people are like, okay, I, I know this equipment compared to that equipment. I, I'm curious, like, you know, they're, they're, they're asking more educated questions. So, um, which is exciting to me. It's like, it's still, and it's still early, you know, still it's, early. it's still... so much more, dude. I'm getting questions all the time from like my friends and family members about it. Like, it's just, what, what are they asking? Like, what is it? Like, why do I do it? That's it. Yep. You know, it's like, why are they doing it every day? Like, why, you know, what's, why is it better than like getting ice in your tub or, you know, and you got to go through like the cost benefit ratio of like getting ice every day and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I think it's just been questions. And, um, like you said, like I hadn't really seen a product that has allowed you to have it outdoors or indoors. It keeps your water cold. It circulates the water. It cleans the water. So like you said earlier, all you gotta do is fill it up with water and plug it in and you're, and you're good to go. What, uh, what is next for y'all? What, I've heard you kind of throw around the sauna heat mm-hmm. kind of yeah, thing. Yes, so we plan and- this spring without an exact date yet. We'll hopefully soon have, have some news on that, but we are going to be launching a sauna. Um, we're really excited on it. We, we've we been working on it for, it really came from like a, our core customer was asking about it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, what who, do you guys recommend getting a, a, a company? Will you guys ever build one? And, you know, that we didn't, we, we hadn't seen anyone really close the loop from like a, a plunge designed for the customer and a, and a sauna designed for the customer, like very intentional, you know, some unique features that I think we've worked into this sauna that, you know, similar to cold plunging, we didn't want to get into it just to do it. We wanted to like actually make an impact. We wanted to bring something of value, whether it was like changing the price point or having new features to it. Those were like key factors into the first into launching plunge. And I think the sauna for us is like, how do we bring, you know, we got a lot of sauna nerds that care about it within the company is like, what are the core factors that we think first, like our plunge customer base would be attracted to. Mm -hmm. And just in general, as a sauna user that you would be like, these are um, really thoughtful dynamics and, you know, subtle things of, you know, we have the backrest is like ergonomic. It's like subtle. You wouldn't even know it until you get in and the back's just at a slant, just this little. So it's like, you sit in and you're, yeah. you're a little more comfortable in there. Because a lot of saunas, man, are straight up and down. Yeah. Straight up and down. Obviously, infrared's a little tight with the panels. You don't want to be fully on those. Barrels can get a little tight with your back coming over. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's a subtle thing, a feature like that. It, we have it expansively coming outward. So it, it actually rises up towards the front. It's very unique angles. It, it, when people see it, it'll look, you can understand where it's a plunge sauna. It's got these very tight cool. angles. And, you know, it expands out. So we like it from a, 
like the comfort, I think comfort's like a, people will notice like comfort's a big key thing for us in these highly uncomfortable situations. So, you know, you're getting into a plunge, but how do you, how do you create the ultimate environment that you can like thrive in that? Similar to a sauna, you know, you get into a 200 plus degree sauna, which ours gets up to. And it's like, you know, that last, you're going for 30 minutes or whatever you're going for that last two minutes is like, you're in hell. Yeah. It's like, how do you create an environment where it's like, I can get through this and like stack the chips in your favor. And I think these are subtle things that we've done. You know, we, we, we see our customer base very active. So we, all the benches remove in the units. You could actually roll a yoga mat out, or if you want to get crazy, you could put an assault bike in there. We made the door just wide enough that you can, (laughs) you know, do kettlebell swing. So it's like, we wanted to make this active sauna that can be used in multiple ways. We talked about, you know, hot yoga earlier. These were, these were things that if, if they want to make this more dynamic, they can, because we've noticed our customer base just likes to push the envelope that, you know, it's not, not, not settling. So, um, yeah, so those are a couple of core features of it. It's we're, we're excited to when we're, when it will be released to the will world. Will it be under the plunge name? It will. Yeah. So it's absolutely plunge. Um, you know, it, I think it's actually just going to be the plunge sauna. Yeah. I mean, it makes uh, perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So we, we, you know, had the think tanks on that, the groups, and we came back to it's the plunge sauna. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, right, but it fits perfectly with your customer, like hot and cold. If people are getting in the cold plunge, I'm sure they, I mean, sauna's probably been around longer or, or people were more educated on the heat therapy. So, um, well, Ryan, dude, thank you so much for coming on, spending an hour with me to start your day. Uh, like you said, I mean, you're, this journey of your business with Plunge has really been incredible and just taken off. And I feel like you're in the perfect space, perfect timing for all this good stuff. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for your incredible product. And uh, I'm excited to be watching from afar as you continue to grow. Dude, likewise, man. I really appreciated this. It was fun hanging. And, uh, you know, I'm impressed, like I said, with you, with your pod going for this long and finding that consistency. So. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, click subscribe on your listening platform for upcoming conversations.